Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm looking forward to, I was just chatting with Ash before we were discussing what type of meat we're bringing to the barbecue. You've got you to know, you got to get these things ahead of time. First things first. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, the Vision Sunday, I love Vision Sunday. It's a, it's a, it's a day where we sort of get to lock in and, and set a site and, and, and sort of put a target to where we want to head because, but uh, before I, I share the specific prophetic word I believe God's got for 2022 for this church, I actually want to share, just, just touch on the, the actual vision of our church, the, uh, the, the vision that, that, that crosses time for our church. So we start with the actual vision for the church. Jesus mandated, mandated, that's the worst word in the world at the moment, mandated. How about that? Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, Je- Jesus told us as a church, he said, before he went up to heaven he, uh, upon his resurrection, he said, go into all of the world and make disciples. Essentially, the, the, the mandate on the church is to be a discipleship center, to be a place where disciples are made, to be people who make disciples. And so our, our, our mission, if you like, our vision as everyday church does not deviate from the mission of the church to make disciples. But what we do is we, we are able to articulate it in a way that speaks to our context in a way that we feel that God specifically wants to deliver that service, if you like, to, or, uh, through, through everyday church. And we, we've, we've broken it down into three phrases. Uh, connect, grow, make a difference. The, the idea with when we, and we'll look at on, on our banner here, it, it says connect. And the, and the first part of making disciples is actually helping people connect with God. You can't be a disciple of Christ if you've never met Christ. You can't be a disciple if, if, you've not, if you're not entering into that initial relationship. And then also part of it is connecting into the church, connecting into his body, because the church is actually the body of Christ. He is the head, we are the body. And, and so you can't actually be part of the body if you're not part of the body. You'd be like, um, and, and so the next part of, of this is grow, which we know that we're not called to stay static. And, and this is actually a real, uh, we, we grow as people, we grow in faith, we grow closer to God, we grow closer in, in to, our, to, to our destiny as we get to know God better, as we grow in relationship with God. We grow as people as we grow in relationship with other people. You know, so much of the New Testament is actually wrapped, is, is actually all about your lateral relationships. You, you've got vertical relationship and lateral relationships. This is, this is the, the Christian walk. This is, and, and, and as we grow in these relationships, we grow as people. We grow in faith. We grow, uh, in per- and our purpose starts to, uh, to, to, to come out, which moves us into our next uh, phrase, if you like, make a difference. Because we know that we're all called to make a difference. Nobody here is the full stop. You are not the full stop on this. Uh, on the, you know, the, the book of Acts is actually the Acts of the Apostles. It's actually the journey of the church. And, and I promise you, your story is not one of the little choose-your-own-adventures with the full stop there. Who, who knows those choose-your-own-adventure books? And then you, some of you, if you're, if you're an 80s kid, you know. And it, it, you, you get to the point and, and then you make a wrong turn. It's like, do you swim with the shark or do you stay safely on the beach? And you're like, well, I think I'll go swim with the shark. You get eaten, story ends. So 
So it's like, no, you're, you're, you are not the full stop. Your job is to actually make a difference. And then the people that you make a difference in their lives, our prayer and God's prayer is that they will go on to make a difference. And so this is what we're doing here. This is everything we do as a church is wrapped around helping people to become disciples of Christ, helping them to connect with God, helping them to grow in relationship with God and with other people, and helping and preparing them to make a difference in the lives of other people. That's what we're doing here. And I want to get really specific with what we feel uh, God's saying to us this year. We've got the word expansion. Expansion. And what a weird word for a lockbox 2022 year where the only thing that seems to be expanding is the meters squared you're allowed to have per person and it's like a you know people are instead of their lives getting bigger they seem to be getting smaller instead of being able to travel further they seem to have to stay not even out of their homes even and so it's like what a weird word like and we're like god this is such a strange word for 2022 and and as we're praying and thinking about it, we know that God's Word cannot be locked down. The vision for your life that God has for your life cannot be locked down. The vision that God has for the church cannot be locked down. There is no lockdown for God. So how, how do we navigate this season with a mindset of expansion? How do we let the Word expansion come through us in an environment where Everything is seemingly to be restricting. And I, I want to encourage us to reframe the restrictions. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote most of his letters. In, so he wrote like half of the books of the New Testament. A good chunk of them he actually wrote from prison. This is a guy who wasn't just restricted by a uh, four square meter rule. He wasn't just restricted because he had to wear masks. He wasn't just restricted because he had to work from home. He wasn't just restricted because he had to go to church via the, via the internet. He was restricted because he had a chain wrapped around his ankle fixed to a wall inside a cell with guards making sure he couldn't go anywhere. This man, from that point of restriction, actually wrote things that crossed not just his immediate sphere of influence, crossed the known world at the time and 2,000 years later are still going. God will not, he, he, doesn't, he won't be locked down. So we've got to reframe this restrictions that we might be facing. And some people, it's actually the opposite. Some people this season is not a restricted season. Some people, this season is the busiest season they've been in. And for you guys, you know all about expansion at the moment. But for some people, this is an obvious word. But for a lot of people, it's not. And I want us to actually change and reframe restrictions in our life and whether it's this 22 COVID business it, it, look it's going to be if it's not this it's going to be another thing where you're going to head into a season of restriction and it happens and, and we we have an opportunity to learn to expand in these seasons and I want to be able to share a personal story of my journey in a in a restrictive season we can change we reframe our view of these seasons as it, it's a greenhouse, not a prison. It's a greenhouse, not a prison. We, we look at a plant and you put it in the, the greenhouse. And for those that aren't, are not sure what that is, that's like a little glass house, glass shed if you like. 
and the plants grow in it and, and, and the, the shed has got access to light. It's got water in it, but it cannot be accessed by the wind. It cannot be accessed by hailstones. It can't be, it's a lot more temperate. The, the cool and the heat don't get it as much. And it's this environment which is hyper, uh, it's hyper geared for it to grow, to flourish and to get it to a certain size. I remember uh, coming, coming up 20 years next year, I was uh, in, in a situation where my life ha- had gotten to nowhere. My, my life was nowhere. I was addicted to drugs. I was suicidal. I, I had no hope for the future. And I, my mum said to me, she'd, she'd had enough of watching me just hurting myself. And she said, Jacob, I don't want to speak to you again until you're in rehab. And I... And I I, I, I was of the impression that rehab did not work, that once a junkie, you were always a junkie. That's the message I had believed. And so I had, uh, but for some reason, somehow, I thought I'd give it a go for my mum because boys love their mums. And, and, uh, and for her, I did it. And, and I remember my logical thinking was I would go for three weeks, I'll detox, and then sort of go on from there. But somewhere deeper there was this inner knowing that I wasn't going for three weeks, I was going to change my life. Somewhere inside I knew that. I remember I got off the bus and somebody asked to borrow my lighter. And I gave, them, gave it to them and I said, keep it, I'm not going to need it anymore. And, and, and it was in this season that was so restricting where everything was telling me I could not move past where I was the, the, the common message was once an addict, always an addict. Common uh, practices of helping people through it was to learn to manage your addiction and, and even and identify. And, and I remember I was, as I was gearing up to go to rehab, I went to Centrelink. You never knew I was so classy. And I, I, I was like, I wanted to get an advance on my payment so I could get some clothes and things to take down to, to to take with me to rehab and I told the guy I said look hey I'm I'm going to rehab I want to get an advance on my payment which just meant get paid early so I'd have a little bit of money to get some and I said I just need to get some clothes and stuff and he signed off on it he said you know what I think Jacob he says I think you're a junkie and you're going to go and spend this money on drugs and I remember that and I remember and you know what the worst thing was is it didn't hurt the worst thing was is it just it, nine times out of ten that would have been right, and it's like I totally understood where he's coming from, and and that was the worst thing. It was like made sense what he was saying. And then I've gone down to this place where I had a bedroom, a bedtime, a wake up time, and this environment was so restrictive. People telling me what I had to do, what I could do, what I couldn't do. I had to have, make my, have my bed made. And if I didn't have my bed made, I'd have to do dishes for 50 people. It's just so restrictive. It was so, there was like a gate. It wasn't locked, but you couldn't cross the gate because they would know. There was a fence and you could easily jump the fence, but you weren't allowed to because they would know. And there would be penalties and punishments for violating the restrictions. And... A lot of people go there and their, their mindset is, is, I'm so restricted and they fight it and kick against it. And, and so pretty early on, I, I realized it was a bit more like I viewed it like a broken arm and you put a cast on it 
And I felt like, no, nah, I'm a broken person and I need a cast, something to restrict me while I heal and grow. And then I started to realize that this was a greenhouse where I was actually able to grow and flourish within this environment that was so sheltered. Was so The restrictions, yes, they stopped me going out, but they also stopped stuff coming in. A lot of us at the moment, we've got, our schedules are the clearest they've been in our entire lives. It's amazing. I don't ever remember my whole life, my schedule being as clear as it's been the last couple of years. It's amazing. We, we look at all these bad things that we frame as bad and these things that we call restrictive and these things that we feel are coming against us. But you know what? I've been able to breathe. We're able to breathe. We're able to actually not bounce like a pinball from one thing to the next. It's actually, we're, we're being able to be deliberate. And in this season of time, we're able to be deliberate. I really feel like God's calling us to be deliberate in this greenhouse season. There was this time in the Bible where the Israelites were taken captive. So before the Greek, but before Alexander the Great, what, what would happen when an army would invade? So from, from when Alexander the Great came, they started to do what we know now as colonizing, where a particular person, people like, you know, will come in and they'll cause that environment or that culture to conform to the invading culture. Well, before that, what they used to do was when they would come and invade your country, they would take everybody back to their country. And, and that's what happened to the Israelites at this one point. And they went back to this country called Babylon. And in this season, uh, and they've been, as I'm talking, the whole country, a massive portion of them have been taken by force as slaves, prisoners to this country, uh, far from home. And they're headed to, they don't know where, to be dominated by, they don't know who to live in conditions that they don't know. And this was the prophetic word that God spoke to them. This is what the Lord, in Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 4, it says this, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So interesting here, he says, even though the enemies were dragging them, it actually says here that God says, I carried them. I carried them. Sometimes we feel like we're being dragged and we're being forced down, we're being oppressed. There's another side to that coin, is God's carrying us. I carried them from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says this to them, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What this is saying is what I believe God is saying to us now is in this season, we're to carry on. We're not to look and stop because we're not getting things all our own way. Because things aren't exactly how we want them, we're not to stop. So you know what? Let's, get on, let's just get on with our lives. Let's keep our relationships alive. Let's flourish in our relationships. Let, let's be, okay, we, we can't do the things we want to do the way we want to do them. But you know what we can do is we can keep some sense of normality. We can keep growing as people. We can keep growing as families. 
The next part of what I want to talk about, and this is a really is building on the ground, is building on the greenhouse idea. We we said earlier that God's call for your life is the purpose can't be locked down, and and, and just because you're in a greenhouse does not mean that the purpose for your life is stopped. No, what it means is that you're in a position where you're able to facilitate some uh, some really, really, really good groundwork that is not going to be able to get affected by the outside. The storms cannot hit it. The, uh, the, the, the bugs can't get to it. The, the frost can't get to it. And, and this is what I, w- but this is what I want us to, this is the word I feel that is now, is, is dream big, start small. Dream big, start small. And this is really about consistency. The big dream God put in your heart, for me, I was called, I know, to preach preach the gospel to the nations. I know that. That's the call on my life. I know that's why God's put me on planet Earth. And as, you know what, a couple of years ago, I stepped out and I I, uh, made some big changes in my life to really start to, to go after that dream. And then do you know what happened? gathering stopped. People couldn't come. Like, was, and the borders were shut. It was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was like a door slammed shut on that dream. But what it actually did was give us opportunity to start small. And God's like, okay, Jacob, this is an opportunity for you to get back to basics. Really, let's just screw down on the foundational stuff that maybe has been missed before. And what I want us to look at here is, is there's this Proverbs chapter 13 and, and verse 11 says this in the second half of it. It says, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. You do these little things and we think it doesn't matter. We think it doesn't matter. Like it's just a little thing, a little thing, a little thing, a little thing. And we think it doesn't matter. Um, Melissa, Pastor Melissa sent um, our leadership group a, uh, a podcast that she, she was really encouraged by and wanted us to listen to uh, a little while ago. And in, and in it, the guy mentioned a book, uh, Atomic Habits was what it was called. And I remember as I listened to that book, I, he, he mentioned, I thought, this sounds so interesting. So I went away and read the book. And, and in the book, well, it was just talking about the value of these tiny little incremental changes and how over a period of time, your life is absolutely different. And I just think that we do not value... The, the appreciation, and by appreciation, I mean the increase of that, that incremental changes make. We think like, okay, let's just say diet. For some of you, you know, uh, this, is, this is an issue. This is an issue for me. I like to eat. I have a, I have a, I have a McDad bod. <laughs> it's not just... <laughs> anyway... So what we understand is like you can't get away with, like, you can't cheat the system. You just can't cheat the system. You can, like, tell everybody you eat good. You can, like, put on Instagram all your amazing healthy foods. You can spout healthy talk. You can, you know, all these different things. But the proof's going to be in the pudding. You can't cheat the system. And people, we get that with food. Like, we get it because, you know, our belt size verifies what's actually going on behind the scenes. But we think that in other areas we can because your bank account doesn't get seen by other people. 
The quality of your relationships doesn't get seen by other people. The quality of your thought life doesn't get seen by other people. Your internet browser history doesn't get seen by other people. This is stuff that's like, we, we think we can cheat the system by this little, oh, a little bit here doesn't matter, a little bit here doesn't matter, a little bit here doesn't matter. But it is no different to the system of, of, of our physical health. Calories in, calories out. It, 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 it's, it's, and we, we have to understand that we've got these big dreams and these big goals, but the way we get there is by incremental, consistent changes. Pastor Melissa was talking, shared amazingly, but it was such a good message on, on giving. Uh, on, on the tithe, it's like God says 10% of your income is mine for my house. And actually in one place he says, if you're touching it, you're stealing from me. And we, sometimes people, uh, like, they say, well, no one's really going to know. A little bit here, a little bit there. We justify it away. Like I justify, oh, well, it's a birthday. Oh, I can eat it. Oh, it's a Friday. Oh, it's a Saturday. Oh, it's a Sunday. Oh, it's a Monday afternoon. <laughs> oh, it was a hard day. Oh, well, they were having it and they were, you know, and, and we all make our little things and that's cool and it's cool. It's your life. It's your life. It's your life. But you're missing an opportunity. We're in a greenhouse season where you, you like when I was at Teen Challenge, at Adult and Teen Challenge, where I had this opportunity to make these incremental changes. And I went from somebody who was, I remember I was just out praying last night. So you're not the only spiritual person who goes walking and praying. I was out praying last night. And I was, and I, I just had this, this memory of, I left home. I le- like, I left this, this place I was living. I had two suitcases. So everything I owned, everything I, I just left everything that wasn't there. There were only things I was, two suitcases I left, I, I took and left. And then I, I, I left this life with two suitcases and as I'm looking today, I've got a beautiful family, three amazing kids, a gorgeous wife. Um, uh, we've got our own home. We do meaningful work with people. We, we m- my, my father's passed away, but before he did, we, we, uh, that relationship was restored. My mum gets to see her grandkids. Like, th- this, I do not do this life is beyond what I, my wildest dreams. Back then, I've got new wild dreams, which were still... But so I went from two suitcases to a full life. And, and, our, and you know, the, the amazing part of this story is, when, before I went down, one of, our, uh, one of the boys that we, one of our, the people we were, one of our sort of homies, I couldn't think of a proper word for it, that's the word. And, and he, um, I knew he was actually at Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenge, and, and, and I just sort of, I wasn't too sure, but I remember someone saying he was down there. And when I got down there, I didn't think about him again. It wasn't there, so it didn't come up in my mind. But a little bit later on, I found out that he had actually left when I went down. It was actually his spot that I took when I went down to the centre in Esperance. He left there and moved to my house and to move into my bedroom. So I took his spot. He took my spot. We just swapped places. He died a year later. Like less than a year later, he was dead. That that's 
And as I look at, look at you know, those, God's moved from there to here. This life, leaving it with two suitcases to a home and a family. This is all through small incremental changes. It was not one big radical thing. It wasn't like, kazam, all of a sudden you're now drug free. Kazam, all of a sudden now you've got a house. And kazam, all of a sudden you've got a wife and three kids. Like, no, it was just like one thing after another, just steady, 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 steady. As you, and this is what God says. He says here is, that, uh, well done, my good servant, the master replied, because you've been trustworthy with a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. Another place that says that he's been trustworthy with a little bit, he'll be trusted with a lot. And it's just how God works, that there's no getting around the system. There's the, you can't, th- there isn't a, a shortcut. And as we're looking, we're in this, greenhouse season so many of us it doesn't mean that we're restricted it means that we've got an opportunity to build it means that we've got an opportunity to do the just to do the little stuff that needed doing a long time ago maybe that we haven't had time for we haven't had the emotional energy for we haven't had the space for to actually go back and tighten those screws work on those relationships work on those personal habits work on those just and you know what and, and it doesn't seem like much but the expansion that God wants to see in your life is not growth that will crumple under pressure. He wants change that will last. Our vision is to make a difference in the lives of other people. We don't want to make a difference and then that turn around, you know, enough to get past the next election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that, we, no, 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 we want eternal Pastor Malcolm taught us this phrase, he's making eternal footprints in the sands of time. That's what we do. That's what, when we're talking about making a difference, that's what we're doing. The last point I want to talk about here is unlocking your unlimited potential. You are created in the image of God. When you talk about these words like unlimited potential and all this, it it makes me really angry that you'll get certain people saying, oh, it's just this self-help positivity talking and the church really should be about the scripture, not about trying to boost people's morale. And It's just like, read your Bible, mate. Read your Bible. You know, your Bible tells you, it says that you're created in the image of God. It says in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he made them. Like, it, God is unlimited. You're created in his image. You do the math. This isn't positive self-help nonsense. This is scripture. This is Bible. This problem is, and this is I'll speak to those people, is this requires faith. That thinking doesn't. And that's where the breakdown is. And this is a faith church. If we're going to expand this year, this is a, it's a faith movement. Amen? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, which I, I know I say all these scriptures are my favorite, but this, this is, like, look, I think it is next time now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in christ jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen it says he's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you his power is at work within you more than you can ask or imagine that, that, that means there's no limit here. So it's how do we access it? How do we, how do we move it from the, from the pages to our mind 
to real life, to actually, you know, like, where, where it's great. Like, where, where can I, where can I collect that check from? You know, where, where can I can see those results? How do I pick that up and carry it home? I'm glad you asked. Paul actually, when he was writing Ephesians, he, he, before he said that amazing statement, he, he, he actually prayed for us, for you and me. He said, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner beings, just in Ephesians 3.16, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You can be filled to the measure of the fullness of God through understanding His love for you. You know when Jesus was baptized? There's a time where Jesus, the Lord Jesus Himself had to get baptized. If you haven't been baptized, Jesus did it. You're supposed to do it. Have a chat about it later. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. It says, at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. You've seen, like, God himself, the Holy Spirit. It's almost like an incarnation of the Holy Spirit coming down from earth, like coming down to heaven, from coming down to, to earth and manifesting. You reckon if he's going to say something, he's going to be pretty key? Do you want to know what the Holy Spirit said to Jesus? Like what? What God? Well, he opened. Up, he, he's there, and then the Father actually spoke as the Holy Spirit sitting on Jesus. A voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased." That was the anointing service of Jesus, if you like. That was Jesus getting his his authority to 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 be God on earth to operate. He was to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit as we know Him through the Gospels, wasn't like, ye are filled with power, go forth and miracle errors, everybody. And it's like, no, 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 it was this. It says, this is my son and I love him. From that place, he changed the world. From that revelation, from that word, he changed the world. But this is what God's saying to you. You are my son, you are my daughter, and I love you. I'm pleased with you. From that place, from that place, is a power to change the world. Jesus said, <laughs> like, love others as, as you love yourself. So to make a difference in the life of other people, we, we take this love from God. We receive this love. And we love others. But Jesus said we love others as we love ourselves. So it's like we have to take this love from God. And this is the hard bit. We have to believe it. We have to believe it. We have to agree with it. Some of you, you're greenhouse work this year is going to be believing God loves you and learning to love yourself because you can't love other people you cannot love other people if Jesus said you love others as you love yourself some of you if you treated other people the way you treated yourself you would have no friends you would have no fr if you spoke to other people the way you speak to yourself nobody would talk to you if you beat other people up the way you beat yourself up nobody would want to be around you Jesus said, love others the way you love yourself. He's not talking. Receive this love from God. Let it infuse you. Believe it. Cooperate with it. Say, hey, God, 
I don't think I'm that amazing, but you say I am. So this is what we remember we talk about being a faith movement here. Faith, really all it comes down to is believing what Jesus said. That, that's faith. And then that, that's all it is. Believing it. God says you're amazing. God says you're worth me giving my life for. God says you're worth me giving my only son for. God says you're created in my image. God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God says that you've got more potential than you can understand. God says that you've got a plan for your life. God says that there's just so much good stuff that God says to you. And then your job is to be a believer is to say, okay. And if you're saying, okay, then you're looking at yourself through that lens rather than through the lens that you've always looked at yourself through. So what starts to happen is you start to like yourself. You start to be able to actually love yourself. And from that place, get this. Get, this is so key because 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this. It says that you can do all this cool stuff. So you can even die for people. But if you do that and you don't have love, you actually gain nothing. There are a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff that are not coming from a place of love, not because they're bad people, but because... They don't love themselves. They don't love themselves because they haven't received the love of the Father. So they're doing a lot of good stuff. But it's not producing an eternal outcome. And it's not producing an eternal reward. A lot of this greenhouse work, guys, and this is what, what, what God really spoke to me last night as I was out praying, is, is we, line upon line, precept upon precept, just one little thing. We've got to learn to believe what God says about us. We have to learn to believe what God says about us. And I promise you guys that as we do this, as we start to walk in that revelation, this is, this is the limit of our expansion. <laughs> Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. There's the limit. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. In these restricted times, in this restricted environment, in, in, with all of the mandates and limitations, more than all we can ask or imagine. Amen. Let me pray. Before I um, actually just pray for, for this message, I, I would be, be wrong of me to not give people an opportunity to connect with God. We spoke before about receiving this love. And there's a God in heaven who loves you. The scriptures say that he gave his one and only son, that he loves you so much, that if you put your faith in him and your trust in him, you would enter into eternal life. If you've never made that decision to start that relationship with God, or maybe you have and you've walked away, we're going to pray a prayer as a church. And if that's you, I just want you to join in that prayer. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, I choose to follow you. Please forgive me for living life my own way. From today forward, I receive your love. I love myself and I'll love others. Thank you for saving me. I will walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just while every head's bowed and every eye's still closed, if that was you and you prayed that prayer for the first time and you just would like, I just would love it if you just lift your hand in the air and just let us know that, hey, that's me. Um, 
because I'd love to pra- uh, chat with you later and, and pray with you. And if that's you online, uh, put in the comments or s- send us an email at um, prayer at everydaychurch.com.au and we'd love to be able to connect with you personally. I just want to pray for us as a church as well and everybody who is listening to this message, whether you're part of our online family or whether you're just listening to this podcast because someone sent it to you as an encouragement. I believe God... It's not a coincidence you're listening to this. I think that this is a year of expansion for you. I believe that. I believe that God is not into going backwards. I believe that no matter what circumstances we are presented with, we win. Lord, I just bless. I bless these people, God. I declare that this is a year of expansion in their lives, I declare that this is a year of fruitfulness, a year of production, a year where they will not be the same coming out of 2022 as they were going in, Lord Jesus, that they will be bigger and stronger, they will be more healthy, their relationships will be more healthier, their relationships will be stronger, that you will open up doors of opportunity for their lives, Lord God, that at every turn, I just declare, I just, there's a... Deuteronomy 28, blessing, I can feel, and it says, you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out, you're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the country. Lord, I just thank you that everything you put our hands to is blessed, Lord God, that the blessing of God is on this church, the blessing of God is, is here, and we're available to us, Lord, and we just say yes to that, Lord, and we know that that blessing forces expansion. We know that that blessing breaks through the barriers and forces expansion, Lord, so we just release it right now over this church. We step into everything that you have for us this year, Lord God. We're not afraid of what's to come, Lord God. We, 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 we like, the, like the horse going running into battle we, we say they, who says snorts and says a heart at the sound of battle, Lord. We're excited for the year to come. We know that the year to come is a year of expansion, that we're going to grow as people, that we're going to be stronger and better off for it, Lord God. And we thank you for everything that 2022 has to, uh, that, that it brings with us, Lord God. And we know, we know that as a church and as individuals, we will see and experience expansion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Just going to worship a little bit longer, guys. I just think just while we're, just everyone stand. I, I know God wants to keep ministering. Let, let's, God's not done. The scripture says that his words are like seed. They go out. They're like, it's like water that goes out. Just let the word wash over you. Let the seed that's implanted just, just take root. Let God speak to you. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone wants prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. I just really believe there's an anointing here to heal as well. If you've got sickness in your body or need, need any healing in your body, come forward. Jesus is going to do some cool stuff. Thank you, Lord.